Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Anyway, today we're going to do something a little bit more different uh, before we're actually going to go back into another uh, time of worship uh, before we do. But I'm going to ask the interns, we have youth interns, Emily, Jess and Jess to come forward and grab a seat with me. And we're going to today highlight the ministry of youth interns in the life of our church. So Jess is already here, you've already got a mic, fantastic. So this is Jess Medling, Jess Pendle and Emily Atfield. Um, Come and have a seat, yeah. And these guys were so excited when I said we're going to do this. You get to get up on the front of the stage and be in front of everybody. And you could imagine they were just like, really? Um, Not really. But I thank you for doing it. I appreciate it because we do want to highlight the wonderful ministry that we have with youth interns this year. So I've got a couple of questions for you guys. We're going to interview you briefly and get an idea. So... um, First, Em, were you going to kick off for us? And because youth interns happens on a Friday where they give up their Friday. And um, I'll let you talk about that. What happens on a Friday? You give up your Friday. But the reason they're able to do that is because of people who sponsor them. So do you want to thank the sponsors first? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Thank you, sponsors. It's amazing. Um, thank you for your support because um, it, it's just really helpful to be able to be sponsored for our Fridays, so um, then, yeah, it's just, it's great. Um, So instead of working on a Friday, we have somewhere to come and, um, yeah, it's good. It's good, it's good. So we do want to start with that by just thanking and acknowledging the anonymous sponsors that that put put finance, just to alleviate, it's not a lot lot of money for the day, but it helps you guys and covers fuel and some time and that sort of thing. Hey, I've got a question for each of you. I don't know who would like to start, but the question is, you, um, actually before we do that, Jess, are you going to tell us, t- talk about a day in the life of a youth intern on a Friday? Um, yeah, so we get here about 9am or around there, depending on how late we are. Um, <laughs> Never late. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we start by maybe a bit of setting up or a bit of planning for the day. Um, and then we have a session with Brad. Um, so we will watch a video or have a discussion. Um, so like at the start of the year, we started by looking at like habits and goal setting. Um, we looked at spiritual disciplines and recently we've been looking at um, leadership and different aspects of leadership. Um, yeah, so we have discussions about that and those have been really amazing for just helping us grow. Um, and yeah, then we plan for the night, we set up. Um, yeah, if, if any of you guys have ever seen pictures of youth, sometimes <laughs> like the amount of setting up really varies. Sometimes we have to get rid of everything. Um, sometimes it's just a bit, yeah. With those, um, that, um, yeah, one thing we've found is um, the fairy lights. So fairy lights, um, <laughs> You, you develop a real love-hate relationship with them because <laughs> they're so beautiful, but they're so annoying. Um, and I'm sure that's Tim and James's careful, ingenious planning to teach us some patience and problem-solving. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we set up for the night and plan everything out and then um, have a lunch break in there somewhere. 
then we have a break around four o'clock to go get dinner for youth and then we come back and run the night. Yeah. And so youth kicks off around what time? Uh, yeah, 6.30. Yep, and what time do you then get home? <laughs> Between uh, 10.30 and 12. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so it's a big day. <laughs> it's a big day, isn't it? A good 14-hour day. Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, I've asked you guys to share with the church a bit of um, personally for you. What has shifted or what has God been doing in your life through the internship um, program? Jess. Yeah, so um, we, one big thing, um, obviously Jess talked about our sessions with Brad on a Friday morning, which are amazing. Um, we get personally fed into by our senior pastor, which is awesome, and Tim and James do as well. Um, and we actually get to look at different aspects of our life and tweak little things, grow in different areas, and um, it's really beautiful. But I know, I think for all three of us, one aspect we've all grown in is um, public speaking, because obviously you guys see me on stage, but it's way different actually preaching. Um, and it's really cool. So, yeah, I've done a couple of sermons this year. The first one made me want to never get up on stage again and cry. Um, <laughs> but the second one went a lot better. So it made me believe that, like, maybe I can do it again. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that's, that's definitely a big, a big way I've grown this year, at least. Fantastic. Yeah. What about you, Jess? What's been something for you? Um, yeah, so as a part of the internship, I've also been going to Bible college this year. Mm. Um, which I hadn't planned on at the end of last year, but it was kind of recommended to do some Bible college with the internship, and so I just did. And, yeah, it's been awesome. I can, in hindsight, I can tell that it was definitely God leading me into the internship and Bible college. Um, mm. But, yeah, I've found that, yeah, I've just grown so much through that, especially just discovering a love for God's word and mm. for just praying like I was one of those kids who always kind of I said I did it and I, I did a little bit like I had my daily bible verse or prayers throughout the day for a parking space or something like that but yeah I've found a real love for just praying and spending time reading my bible and stuff like that and I've been learning so much more of who God is awesome what about you Em? um yeah so like Jess, I am very afraid of public speaking as well, in case you can't tell. Um, a year ago today, if you told me that I would have ever gone on stage, I wouldn't have believed you. Like, even just sitting here right now, um, yeah, I wouldn't have believed that I would have done that. Um, but, yeah, I think from starting the internship this year, I've kind of become a part of a team with the youth um, the youth leaders and um, just grown a lot in confidence, which has been amazing. And I was able to come up and do a sermon for youth as well, which was also amazing. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I was here, I happened to be here that night for your sermon, Emily, and it was fantastic and uh, was really good. I was blown away. So, and I think just the, I want to celebrate with the church the, the growth for all three of you guys that we've been seeing, the confidence. And, you know, I talk to people and other leaders talk to people and we, people that have come along to the church quite often have started with a young person that came on a Friday night to youth. And that was a connection. And we invest as a church heavily in that. This is an investment to the generation that is not tomorrow, it's today. And uh, so we love you guys. We love how you serve. Um, just to give you a bit of an update, next year we're looking at bolstering our intern program. 
Um, so a lot of pastors I talked to have Fridays off. The re- I specifically didn't want to have Fridays off when I started here at Kalamunda because I wanted to be on the ground here with the youth and what happens on a Friday. I'm not here at all night, of course. I'll go to bed at 7.30. It's my bedtime. But they keep going. But they keep going all night. And um, I just love being a part of it and being able to invest in our generation. So thank you. And uh, I'm going to ask Tim, our youth pastor, and James, our youth coordinator, to come up and just pray a blessing over you guys. Um, this is just a, a big part of what we do. And um, we're seeing the fruit of it Friday nights. If you do see what happens on a Friday night, like sometimes I walk in here and I'm like, what have I just walked into? Um, and you had a talent that's just totally transformed. We've got the balloon still up from the talent show the other night, and that, I'm sure that was fantastic, seeing all the talent. Um, but it is a fantastic ministry that we want to highlight. And uh, can we put our hands together for all the youth? And uh, I'm going to ask you guys to, yeah, join with Tim and James to pray. Let's all pray. Father, I thank you for these uh, three beautiful ladies. For women of God who have been championing our youth in this area, God, we just we pray that right now in this space you would fill them with your holy presence. And as they have a couple of well-deserved weeks off over the holidays, God, I pray that you would be challenging them. You would be lifting them up, Lord. You would be renewing them. And that as we come into the final term of this year, God, that you would be releasing in them gifts that we have never seen come forth before. Lord God, I pray that there would be wisdom and knowledge beyond their days that their heart would break for the things of heaven, their heart would break for what breaks yours. God, I thank you for the amazing women that you are growing them into, and God, I thank you for the amazing authority that you are pulling out of them. God, I pray we continue to pull that out of them, that where there might have been timidity, there will be boldness and courage, that where there might have been doubts, that there will be surety, that where there was turmoil, God, that there will be peace. Father, I thank you, I pray, lift them up, Anoint them in this space, Lord God, that when they speak, mountains would move. That when they sing, angels would join in. And that when they whisper, when they sit quietly with a young person, lives would be changed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, would you see their heart and honour them for it? Honour their sacrifices. Honour their heart to learn more about you to grow deeper and deeper into relationship with you, Lord Jesus. As they spend their time investing in the next generation, when they could be anywhere, Lord Jesus, would you honor that? (laughs) Would you champion them to grow? Lord Jesus, would you invest in as much into them as they invest into you, Lord Jesus? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for these young ladies and their heart to just grow in ministry, in relationship with you. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Father, that uh, you're here, that you love us, that your spirit wants to minister to us. I just pray for every person. Maybe this person has come today and is not following you, Lord, doesn't even know Jesus. I just pray you'd be blessed this morning. God wants to show you how much he loves you today. Just thank you for every person here. We open our hearts and lives to you this morning, Father. And everyone with faith said, Amen, Amen. Thank you, worship team. That was fantastic. Thank you, Abby, for leading and team. Thank you, Blake. That was fantastic. I enjoyed that and just that real sense of acoustic worship. Like we were sitting around a campfire almost. It was wonderful. 
Wonderful. So as has been said, actually, would you, um, we're going we're gonna to start with a very famous scripture. It's Psalm chapter 23. Um, sorry, I just made you sit down, but would you stand with me while I read this together? You should not have by heart. Let's, let's read it together. I love this because well, this morning we're talking about the Lord's table. We're talking about communion. The kids are going to come back shortly and share it with us. But this is what it says. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. If you know it off by heart, keep going. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Grab a seat. Don't you love that scripture? I believe that scripture, especially chapter four, uh, verse 5, just six verses, powerful. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but it is, it's like the, 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 uh, the Lord's table. It's what we celebrate at communion in the Old Testament. There really it speaks of so much about how he prepares a table for us. He prepares a table. He prepares for us in the presence of our enemies. Uh, I love that psalm, how it's got a shepherd and we are his sheep and he cares for his sheep. And he looks after his sheep. It talks about he provides for his sheep. And in communion, when we celebrate what we call communion today, the the juice and the bread, every provision you'll ever need has been put on the table for you and for me. It talks about uh, the oil, like healing oil. Uh, Our cup running over, that he is the God of more than enough. And when we celebrate communion together, it's not that we just get enough. He is more than enough. Amen. He loves us so much. He even prepared that table on the Last Supper in the presence of Judas, amen, in the presence of people. He loves people that much. He'll still prepare a table for you when you're turning your face from him. He loves you this morning. We're talking about communion. The kids are going to be, as I said, coming back and preparing it. And if you'd prefer to take the COVID safe ones, I'll be handing those out too. So that is totally fine. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about it this morning because it is often something uh, that we can get familiar with. And who knows, whenever you get familiar with something, you can take that something for granted. And, uh, you know, we call it communion. Uh, Paul calls it in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the Lord's table. Uh, the, we call it the Lord's supper. Um, known as also in the Old Testament, it was the Passover So many different things, but I just want to inspire us and encourage us this morning with a few fresh insights around it. Maybe for me growing up, I grew up in a in a church of Christ, and so we would take it every week, like we do here, where you'd get the juice and you would get the cracker. And so it did get very familiar, and it become can become just a tradition and a bit of a ritual. That's why, uh, what they call the sacraments that we have, things that are important, but, but it never wants to get too familiar in our life this morning. I want to encourage us before we take it this morning with some fresh thoughts uh, around it uh, this morning. Maybe if you're here and you don't take it, you, you'll be able to get a fresh understanding of why we do what we do. I'm calling this the blessings of the Lord ta- Lord's table, taking it with revelation, not just information this morning. 
Um, firstly, I want to say is I love firstly how the king of the universe, Jesus, calls us not to a temple but to a table. When he instituted it, he sat at a table, he sat down. And I love that thought because following Jesus is not just about being at a temple, it's about coming to a table. And a table speaks of relationship, a temple speaks of religion. A table speaks of identity where you belong, you have a place, you are at this table. A temple speaks of what you've got to do to earn the stuff to get to the, to get to the right place. But a table says you're accepted, you're loved, you belong here, you have fresh identity and God invites us to his table. That's what following Jesus is all about, amen? Coming into a relationship, not following a set of rules. A table speaks of being outward focused, that he wants everyone at his table. God's table is really, really big. And there is room for every single person to come to the table. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been. God loves you and you're still accepted at his table. Communion speaks of that. It's a God's invitation. I'm going to look at Luke 22 and, and bounce around a bit there if you are following along on your tablets or scrolls or phones. And Luke 22 is about the Last Supper. And it says here in verse 14, it says, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I love this, Jesus said, I have eagerly desired, catch this, to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Notice Jesus says, I'm really keen to celebrate this meal with you, this Passover, because this Passover is different. Think about Jesus, a Jewish fella growing up in the Jewish customs. He would have had over 30 Passover meals and celebrating the Passover. But this one was different. He said, this is the one, something's going to happen here where it's not just going to be called Passover anymore. We're going to usher in a new thing, usher in a new kingdom, usher in something brand new. And he says, I have been waiting, eagerly waiting for this one. There's something special about this one. We call it the Last Supper because it was the Last Supper before his death. But it was the last of the Old Testament in a way, Passover, because Jesus is about to do something very special. It was a, why was it a fulfillment of Passover? We're going to fulfill what it was. And just to give you a bit of background, the Passover was when God's people would celebrate how God set them free from Egyptian slavery, when God's people were enslaved in bondage, building bricks for the enemy, building the enemy's kingdom. And God's heart broke for his people who were oppressed. And I want to tell you today, God's heart still breaks for people who are oppressed under the weight of sin and shame and guilt. And he breaks so much, he wants to do something in your life. And it broke for them that God started to do something with a broken heart for his people. He sent plagues. Remember, he sent these plagues on Pharaoh and on Egypt, 10 plagues. And then the last plague was the plague of death of the firstborn. And so this plague of death is coming and it's going to wipe out the firstborn. And God said to his people, I want you to do something. I want the man of the house to go out and get a perfect lamb and slaughter that lamb. And I want you to get that lamb for your household. And I want you to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, on the top. 
and on the sides of the doorposts. And he said, when the angel of death comes over to bring judgment on the people, to bring this judgment, when I see, when he sees the blood, he will pass over your house. See, when he sees the blood, he knows something. A sacrifice has already been taken place here. When he sees the blood, he knows there's already been a sacrifice for that family. I can't go there. When he sees the blood, he cannot step past it because the blood is that powerful. Think about how powerful that blood was in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament days. How much more now when the enemy comes on your life and sees the blood of Jesus over your life, he cannot touch you and he would pass over. And so when we see Jesus having the Passover meal, bringing fulfilment, they eat the meal and they have the, the bread and they have the wine and then he knows that the lamb is sitting at the table. The lamb was sitting at the table ready to go to the cross. He knew what was going to happen, that he would become the Passover lamb. And when he put him on the cross and he stretched out his arms, blood on one side, stretched out the other arm, blood on the other side, stuck the crown of thorns into his skull till it bled, blood on top. And Jesus is known to be said, he said, I am the door. You can come to me. This is where the sheep come. I am the door. Come and find good pasture. And when he was on that cross, being our Passover lamb, he was taking every sin and every judgment of God so that you and I, when we celebrate communion, we're not going to slaughter anything because when God sees your life, he sees a sacrifice has already been taken for you. And it was his very own son. And he passes over you with judgment. Isn't that good news? That is the good news. I imagine the Israelite people back in the day sitting in their homes and it's that night has finally come at midnight and the angel of death is coming and they're sitting there and they started to maybe get scared, maybe to fear, would the blood work? But who knows that it wasn't their faith that saved them. It was the blood. Just, do, just the blood was all they needed. They didn't have to get enough faith for them to pass over. The blood did it all. All they had to do was be obedient and do something called apply what was given, applying the blood. That's why the greatest and most powerful prayer you can ever pray when the enemy comes to attack your life is to say, Lord Jesus, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. It's like a legal term that you are saying, you know what, I just, I just plead the blood. I can't fix my own life. I can't do anything for my sin. But what I can do is just say, I plead the blood of Jesus and you will pass over my life because I am under the blood. Come on, your kids are under the blood. Your family is under the blood. Churches a little while ago started to take out songs that had a bit of the blood in them and stopped singing them and preachers would stop preaching because it was considered too gory or you know it could turn some seekers away but I'll tell you this morning I'm proud of the blood I'm so thankful for the blood that washes every sin and makes me white as snow the Bible says without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins there had to be a sacrifice and when we speak about the blood of Jesus every demon in hell starts to tremble because they cannot cross over the blood It's the most powerful prayer we can pray. Jesus fulfilling, becoming our Passover lamb so that you would never have to pay the price for your sin. It's a blessing as we take it this morning. I want you to think about that. I also want you to think about this morning when we take it is that uh, that when, when they had the Passover, you know, we just have one cup. And we take one cup, and, but there was actually more than one cup with that Jewish celebration. And there was actually four cups that would be drank 
and taken. And these four cups come out of Exodus around chapter 6 where they talk about coming out, what they represent. And for all the Jewish theologians and historians in the room, please forgive me if I don't get these exactly right because some of them are termed a little bit differently. But four cups is interesting. The first cup that they would drink would be the cup of sanctification. The word sanctification means to be cleansed, forgiven and made holy and it means to be set apart. And as they drank that cup, they were celebrating that they were set apart by God and sanctified and set apart and out of Egypt, they were free. And so when they take that cup, they celebrate the fact that they are holy, that they are pure, that they are blameless. And that's what we do when we celebrate communion. You are holy, blameless before God, no matter what you did last night, no matter what you did last week, and no matter what you're going to do tomorrow, His blood is enough for you. And it's a powerful thing to really grab a hold of that. You know, the gospel never gets old, hey man? If the gospel gets old, you've stopped listening to it, yeah. Because it's just that powerful. That's the knowledge, you know, so often churches and we can just be all about what you do, 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 and don't do this and don't do that. And you spend all your time not trying to do the don'ts and don't get to do the do's. And it's all just do-do, really, let's face it. Because the gospel is that it's all been done. You can't do anything. And so it's really, really about trusting what Jesus has done. And guess what? No matter how you feel, that's why in the morning it's so important to put on the armour of God and go, I'll put on the breastplate of righteousness. Because the breastplate, the Greek term for that is heart protector. Your heart will tell you all sorts of things. Your heart will tell you, I don't feel forgiven. I don't feel righteous. I don't feel holy. You should see my thought life. I don't feel like that. But the breastplate of righteousness says, no, no, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus right now. You can't be any more right with God than you are. He made him who knew no sin to be sin so that you could be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when we take that cup, we realize we are sanctified. We are set apart for God. The second cup, which I love this one, uh, again, a few different terms. One is the term, the cup of plagues, the cup of affliction, or the cup of thanksgiving. But this second cup they would take would remind them of the deliverance from the plagues of Egypt and it would also represent healing from sickness and disease, this cup. Recognising that they were set free from them plagues. And you know, Psalms 105 verse 37 says this, He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. When God brought them out, He brought them out with every provision they would ever need. He brought them out whole and healed. He brought them out as whole. He didn't just do half the job. When he does the job, God does it whole. In the, again, I say it, if that's the Old Testament, how much more, how much more in the New Testament when we take communion that we sometimes overlook taking it for the healing that has been provided at the cross of Christ? I've never really, I've often not focused on this point. I've often take communion and, and I don't think about that connection to healing. But I want to encourage you to think about it this morning, to recognize it. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28 to 30, it says this. I think it's on the screen. It says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. Now, I used, we used to have that. I used to hear that. Oh, got to get my life right. Maybe I'm taking it in an unworthy manner. 
well, what can I do? I'm going to make myself feel bad about things, whip my back a few more times, and, oh, oh, oh can, I, can you ever take it in a worthy manner? Sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself, for sure, before he eats the bread and drinks the cup. Catch this next line. For anyone who drinks and eats without recognizing, or the other translation, discerning the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. And when I read that, it's like maybe they've, they've died before their time. He says, many among you are weak and sick because you take communion without recognizing, discerning the body of the Lord. And again, that's not, a, that's not a heart. That's saying you take it, but you're missing out on the whole blessing because you're not getting the revelation that when he gave his body when we, for us, it's for our body, for our healing. He gave his blood for our forgiveness. And that is why Psalms um, chapter 53 tells us, it says that surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we were healed. Were healed. 1 Peter 2.24 and Peter talks about it was past tense. Why? Because it was at the cross when Jesus paid for healing, not today. You're not somebody who's trying to get here, um, trying to get a hold of your healing. You're just trying to receive what's already been done at the cross. When we went through some of our healing journey, people would say, "Oh, are you, are you praying for healing?" I said, "No, I'm believing for it because it happened two thousand years ago." When he came, when the Saviour came and, and willingly leant over and let them give him the 39 stripes as every lash was on his back, he was paying the price for your and my healing. And it's saying, don't forget the Lord's body when you take communion. Don't forget it, because that's why many among you are sick and weak, he says. So take it in a way that recognises the full atonement of what Jesus has done. Atonement at one moment, everything. It's not just your spirit that he saved, it's spirit, soul and body. It's a bit, it can be challenging thought. I like this quote. It says, all healing is not immediate. In fact, most, some, this is what a pastor said, most healing takes place gradually. I tell people to take communion just like it was their medicine three times a day. You can do it by yourself in your own home or wherever you are. You don't need any special bread or wine because it's your faith that is the key, not the material objects you have. It's trusting and believing and receiving what he has already done. It is done. And you know, even your body is a witness to this when a virus will try and attack your body. Your white blood cells go to work. And go after that. And, and your, our own blood has ways of, our, our blood actually carries toxins out to get rid of out of our system. So it deals with the sin, but it also fights viruses. So that's why you plead the blood when the enemy comes against you in sickness and say, by his stripes, I have been healed. And when I take communion, I'm thanking God for that. I thank you for healing. I thank you for forgiveness. I'm trusting in all that you have done discerning his body number three the third cup they would take would be the cup of redemption believed to be that this was the cup that Jesus lifted up and took when he said the words in Luke twenty two twenty. this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you 
the redemption. You know, the word redemption means to buy back because you belong to God. Amen. We've been redeemed. He's got his people out. He wants to get you out. He doesn't want you living in a spiritual Egypt, living under the weight of your guilt and condemnation of sin. But that's why Jesus came. That's when we drink that cup. He's saying, I have redeemed you. It was my blood that redeemed you, not the blood of goats, but the blood of the perfect, spotless lamb of God. John the Baptist knew it when he saw him walking up to the water. And he said, there he is. There is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's taken it away, the sin of the world. And he wants to take your sin away. And every time that you take the cup, you take it in remembrance. And you remember, I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. I'm his child. Maybe this morning... You know what it's like to be weighed down in the stains of sin. Well, there's something amazing about the blood. It's something amazing about Jesus' blood. It has a mysterious ingredient that will turn stains of sin into pure white, into pure holiness. It doesn't matter how you feel. Like I said, faith is not a feeling. It's just trusting what's already true. So no matter how you feel this morning, you are white, holy, and blameless before God. Now walk worthy of, the, the, of what you've been called. Walk in it. Live in it. Trust in it. Are you free this morning? The last cup, the fourth cup, and there's a few different th- thoughts on this cup, but the cup of praise or the cup of consolation and talking about that, a cup that Jesus would drink in the full experience with us when the kingdom fully comes and it would be fully fulfilled. So the, what he was doing was fulfilling the Passover but foreshadowing the kingdom to come. And in a sense, in a sense, when we take communion today, he is here with us taking it. He definitely is. And in a sense, that's almost in a way fulfilled because his presence, his kingdom has come. Remember Jesus said, if I cast demons out by the finger of God, The kingdom has come upon you. The kingdom has come. So the kingdom has come, but it's still coming. It's the now, not yet thing. And so we can celebrate in a way where his presence is manifest. And I just want to raise your expectations this morning and raise our faith levels to go. When we take communion, you could be taking it for a whole lot of things to thank you, to remember, to celebrate. But it's so much deeper than I've even given justice to this morning. I love, I'm going to read Luke 22, verse 7, as we come into close and soon the kids will come back in. Or have they? And I haven't noticed. No, they're not here. I love this thought. It says this. Again, I'm jumping back back and forth from Luke 22, verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. They said, where do you want us to prepare it? I love this. He said, down at the Church of Christ there, they've got a little juice and they've got the... the he, he replied, he said, as you enter the city, there will be a man carrying a jar of water. Uh, a jar of water will meet you. Strange, isn't it? Follow him to his house. So stalk this guy with a jar of water. Go to his house that he enters and say the, to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room? Where may I eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished, make preparations there. So they go in, and I love this thought this morning to encourage us, is that communion, Passover, that last one, that that time was done in a house. I want to encourage you to have communion with God in your house, anytime, all the time. 
to take it because God wants the blessings that I'm talking about this morning in the church about communion to not stay in the church, but to get into your house. When I look at communion, I see the victory of Jesus. He wants that in your marriage. I see the prosperity that He's given us. I see the the provision that He's given us, the healing, the power, the victory, everything that's got to get from our church life to our house life. Amen into your homes, into your family. That's why when something comes into your family, why not say, hey, we're going to take communion. Somebody comes sick, let's take communion together. Let's pray and believe and pray the prayer of faith for healing. Let's have communion together as a family because we know that in families, things can sometimes tear us apart. So let's get back together. And I'm challenged as a dad when the, in the Old Testament it said each man is to take a lamb for his family. I'm challenged as a dad to be a man of the lamb. To be a man that leads by the Lamb's example, that he gets that into his house and he's like, you know, the main priority in this house, it's the Lamb of God, it's Jesus Christ. And I take that as a personal challenge from the Word of God for me and I want to encourage you with that too. It says that in Luke 22, again, jumping forward to 19, he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, now you've got to catch this, this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me this is my body not taken but given for you they will not take his life from him he's saying I'm giving you something it's the free gift of God and then he says do this in remembrance and that word remember we can often think of as oh just we remember but Really to remember is to bring into our current reality what was then, now. We remember, we bring it the opposite of remember. Some people would say, forget. But the opposite of remember is really probably dismember. Re, the word re means to go back to, come back, brought back like redeemed. Member is to come back into membership. Dismember is when we are fractured, division, strife, family, normal stuff that every family goes through and every church, by the way, goes through. There's no perfect church. If you're thinking about settling in at Kalamunda, uh, hold on, get ready. There's going to be some trouble along the way. We're going to have some bumps. I'll probably offend you eventually if I haven't already today. Someone else will upset you. There will be some dismember. But when we come to the Lord's table and we come together, it is a time to remember. It is a time to get focused on the one thing that unites us. And it's not the Creo Dockers or the Eagles. It's not a sporting team. It's not our favourite thing. The one thing that we come around that can cause you to love a brother, to love a sister, to forgive a brother, to forgive a sister, is when you get around that table and realise you have been forgiven of everything yourself. How can you not forgive and love one another? It is a powerful table experience to remember one another. Are the kids back? We're going to actually go. I've got to ask them to come now. I'm just about there. I'm landing this plane. Thank you. Someone's going to have a quick check. As they're coming back, I want you to prepare your hearts this morning. If you're here this morning and you're not a believer, you don't follow Jesus, this is something that believers do, but I'm going to pray a prayer before we take it in a moment. Then I'm going to ask Corpse to come and pray. But if you want to give your life to Jesus before we take this meal, 
as the kids come down the front, I will instruct them in a minute, and we're gonna, but I'm gonna pray this prayer. And this is gonna be a beautiful family moment for all of us together to remember. So if you're here this morning and you would say, I'm not a follower of Jesus, and this is a meal I understand for believers, believers that follow Him, and I want, I want to partake, I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. We're all going to pray it together to encourage one another. So as the kids are coming in, would you bow with me? Would you bow and close your eyes? We're going to all pray this together, but you might be here this morning and you're praying it for the first time to get your life right with God, to receive the forgiveness that I've preached about today. Say, dear Lord, I come to you this morning, a sinner in need of saving. I have heard this morning how you died on the cross for my sin. Thank you so much. Please forgive me. Wash me clean. Thank you for the blood that takes away all my sin and makes me brand new. I believe you rose from the dead and I ask you now, come fill my life. You died for me. I live for you. As I take these emblems, I thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer, your life is right with God, not a magical formula. You're just trusting in Him. And you can freely take, as we're going to hand out in a moment. I'm going to ask Corpse, is he going to pray for us? Hey, kids, how'd you go? Was it good? Yep. Full on. Have you got the gluten-free options? No. <laughs> I'm going to ask Corbin, a young man of God, to pray for us as we, before we take it. Is that cool? Thanks, mate. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that we can come today and take communion with you, Lord, and um, everyone else, Lord. Thank you that we can be here, Lord. And yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, we're gonna, the, the kids are going to hand go around and hand them out now. And I'm going to ask you just to hold on to them. We're going to take them together. And there are also the COVID safe ones with the, the ones we normally take. If you just put your hand up for one of them as the kids come out. But we'll spend the next few minutes handing them out. And then we'll hold them together. Just hold them together when you get them and I'll, I'll lead us to do it in unity together in a moment. Once you get them, I just it's on my heart that maybe there's some people here and uh, something uh, physical, emotional or mental for healing that you want to believe God for. And I want you to think about that if, you, if you're comfortable too. That could be something you're taking communion and praying for this morning. And you're discerning the Lord's body. You're refreshing of what He actually gave. It wasn't just something, but it was significant. 
And maybe for you this morning, that's how you want to take it. I think there also discerned this morning, maybe there's a sense that just taking it for that fresh start. Someone in this room needs a fresh start this morning. You need a new beginning. And this is a significant moment for a new beginning for you with God. Keep going, kids doing a great job. If you haven't got it, feel free to wave your hand if you're still waiting. Just wave your hand to uh, over here. Hey, uh, Shakira. Oh, can you pass me one of the one of them for me? Can you give me one? Yep, yep. Is there any in it? Can you get me a little cracker too? Oh, it's all right. Thank you. Wow, that's a big one. Did you make that? So on that night, Jesus took these tangible elements and for 2,000 years over, ever since, we've been remembering, we've been coming together as a body of believers. And so I want to encourage us this morning, we remember the sacrifice, but we remember also the victory. We thank God for sanctification, that we are set apart and holy. We thank Him for the stripes that he took and by his stripes we were healed. We thank him for forgiveness. We thank him for the kingdom that is to come. We thank you for the promise of eternal eternal life. How are they going? They all good, Joe? All right. If we're good to go, we're going to take the little, cra- little bit of biscuit first. I've got a big one. I'll save a bit for after. But why don't you take that now in your your own way, just to pray pray to God in your own silent time, taking the remember the body. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray for a release of healing power this morning in this place. Healing over emotional spiritual, physical illness that we can't earn or get. I just pray, Father, thank you that there's no greater medicine that we can take than the medicine of Holy Communion. I just pray for the people right now that are believing and trusting for healing. Father, healing power of Jesus in our bodies and minds. Are the kids okay up there? Kids, you got your juice. We're going to lift up the juice. You want to hold it up? As you hold it up, I want you to hold it up for a reason if you're comfortable to, because you are under the blood. You are under the blood of Jesus. It is over your life. The enemy cannot touch you. The enemy cannot touch you. The only access he can get is what you give him, but we don't need to. We can be under the blood. He cannot come in. So Lord, we thank you that we are under the blood, the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that we rebuke the enemy by the blood of Jesus and we plead the blood over our lives. Let's take together in unity as one body. Wow, yum. Mm. 
from bitter to sweet. From bitter to sweet. That's what God does. He takes us from bitter to sweet. Father, we praise you. Would you stand with me when you're comfortable? Have you finished? The kids are all good up there? I'm going to close back to the worship team and I'm going to let Abby maybe sing us a song if she feels. If you want to come down to the front, come down and um, some of us elders will be here to pray with you or some prayer team people. Um, maybe you want to pray for something in response to something this morning. I'm happy to pray with you. But um, yeah, as we stand, let me just bless you. Father, I just thank you for the blessing of communion together, the blessing of our children, the blessing that we We just pray as we celebrate today that every time we take it from now on at home, in our own lives, wherever we are, Lord, that we would just remember all that you have done and just receive it afresh every day in our life. And everyone said? Amen. Amen.